Hey, my name is Zach, and this is my new song called Too Far Gone. Here we go. Something kind of smooth, just what I want to do, it's true. I got the money groove, and I'ma keep it going till I lose my place. But I don't need to sell my soul for visions of fool's gold and tears of lost hope. Hidden underneath my bones is that solid truth you've been searching for now. I don't pick the rules, I just feel the groove. Do what I got to do, and time moves slow, but I don't even care. I don't have the ways to release this curse on me And it seems that I'm too far Cause the truth keeps lying I'm praying can we please rewind But the past is the past and there's no denying I'm slipping in a comatose Hoping I don't overdose Trying to keep it on the low Don't know what I'm waiting for I got the chance to be free So I'ma come alive and do me I don't make the rules I just feel the groove Do what I got to do Yeah, and time moves slow But I don't even care I don't have the ways to release this curse on me And it seems that I'm too far gone I don't make the rules, I just feel the groove Do what I got to do, yeah And time moves slow, but I don't even care And I don't have the ways to release this curse on me And it seems that I'm too far gone Three, two, 
everyone. Hello and welcome to another edition of A Humanistic Perspective. As always, I am your host, Chad Castilla, and today I have another amazing episode for you. I'm joined all the way from San Diego, Zach Brosi. Zach, thank you for joining me. He is a musician. He is a creative. He is just an all-around inspiring totally vibes out guy and i love and cannot wait to share this episode with you zach thank you for joining me of course thank you for that great introduction i appreciate it it's great to have you (laughs) hell yeah so i want to for the audience open up let's go back to your childhood maybe share a little bit about your upbringing maybe share you know some some highlight moments some adversity moments some moments where you were like yo what do i want to do music where am i going with life and uh let's go back there and uh see where that leads us Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, if you're in the show, I actually grew up in a similar or not the same actually hometown to this man here. It's Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Yorkville, Illinois. So that's where I, where I got my roots back in small town, Illinois. I don't know if he's talked about it much on the show, but like we, I mean, it's a small suburb kind of outside of Chicago, so we don't have a whole lot going on, but it's growing, you know, like our high school was next to like um, a stable with horses and cows and like it's very agricultural out there. So but um, that's kind of my roots. So I, um, the, the Midwestern roots and um, yeah, I mean, I went to pretty normal upbringing, nothing too crazy, was uh, nothing too stellar from the beginning or anything like that. But um, growing up, I was mainly into sports. Um, I did that for a while. Did you have siblings? Um, actually, I did. I had, a, I have an older okay. sibling, sibling. Yeah. She's uh, six years older than me, my sister. Okay, um, cool. So, yeah. So she was cool. I was just kind of a different, um, more of an age gap than, uh, like, you know, like, not like you grew up with your like close sibling and everything. She was kind of more like a sure. mom. Figures. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. She kept, me, she kept me accountable and all that. So, but, um, so yeah, that was great. My, my parents are great. My mom was a teacher and my dad's a, or he's retired now, but he was a police officer for a while. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, kind of my background. So it was kind of strict for a little while growing up, right? Like my parents <laughs> were too crazy, but I mean, they just had, they had high expectations. I mean, as they should, but sure. so that was kind of it for me. And, um, so the music honestly didn't really begin until, I mean, I, I got my first guitar maybe when I was nine or 10. Okay. And right on. I, I went over, I remember I went over to a friend's house and like he had an electric guitar in the corner and I was like, that's so cool. Like I need one of those. So like the next Christmas I'm like, I, I need an electric guitar. And like, sure enough, parents got me one or Santa got me one. Yep. Like sat in the corner of my room for a while, like picked it up. I did lessons for maybe three months, but I'm like, this isn't for me. I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> Like I was like, just so frustrated all the time. Like I feel like as the, as the story goes with lessons and all that. So 100%. I, I didn't like it. So I actually stopped like at like 10 or 11. I was like, no, nope, not for me. Like I was like, not going to play guitar anymore. And it sat in the corner for another like two years or so. And then it wasn't until like 13 when I like was staring at the guitar one day and I think it was like a winter break or something in school. And I was like, so bored. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, I need to just pick this. Like I just picked it up and like learned. I, that's when I realized like, Oh, YouTube could be teaching me or like I could mm. learn some stuff online. So that's when I started like actually playing. That's when I kind of classify that. So I think I've been playing for like 10 years now because I'm 23 today. Um, wow. so Wait, is it your birthday today? No. Well, okay. in this present moment, it was a few weeks ago though. August. Okay, sure. Damn, how that- happy birthday, bro. Thank you. So the same month. So close enough. Um, so yeah, like that's when it all began. And then I think, interesting enough for me um what really led me to the music is because like i said i was like an athlete like i was all about that i was like all about sports like that's what i knew right yeah what was your go-to what was your like favorite sport that you were playing i'm sure you're playing a lot of them though football was my like bread and butter like i loved that which ended up being like my uh 
it was like a double-edged sword, right? Because I loved the sport, but I kept yeah. hurting myself in that sport, specifically my brain. No, um, do you have CT? Yes, I do. So oh. for a while, so I got like my first bad concussion, I like middle school, right? And like, that's when I started missing like a few weeks no of way. school. And, and like, and like the, the problem is that they're cumulative, right? So like my first one I had, I like, didn't think much of it. I'm like, missed a few days of school, had a bad headache, but kept playing football. And then for like two or like three or four years in a row, I kept getting a concussion. Right. So it was like, just like, again, like I'd start the season and then like would hit my head bad again. And then I'd be out of school for a little while. And then I just kept getting worse and worse. And it wasn't until like my, what was it? The, my, my sophomore year of high school, mm. when I had like my worst one where I missed like maybe a month and a half of high school. Um, and, and then that's when it, like, I, it was just slowly dawning on me, like even my parents and, and the doctors were like, if you get one more, like you should really consider not playing sports anymore. They're like, you wow. know, you know, it's kind of getting serious. Like, you know, your brain is an important component of your body, you know? And like, <laughs> and like you know, that kind of led me to a, a difficult crossroads at a young age. Cause I was like 15, 16 then. And, you know, I was hitting my head and like, so already dealing with like the physical pain of a concussion, mm-hmm. which I didn't know much about. And, and like, and you know, I healed, you know, after that month and a half, but I had a lot of lingering, um, symptoms from that, you know, where I was like, I'm sure that didn't help with like mood balancing stuff or like trying to sit down and like read books and shit. Like I can't even imagine, dude, I had no idea you were going through that. Yeah. So that was a really big, you know, I like for even, so about, I missed about a month and a half or so of school. And then even when I was back, I was only doing half days for a while because I couldn't. And like, I would leave school every day. Just, I know I've seen some videos of people's, uh, like posting videos of the storm. I miss that so much from back home. Like Southern California does not, it hardly rains enough, let alone thunderstorm. Really? Yes. Yeah. I bet I would, can you see the wildfires from where you are from Oregon, like coming down smoke? You can see the smoke. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't burn quite as bad down here. Like we'll get fires, but usually they're controlled within like a day. Cause it's mm-hmm. so dry out here. There's not a lot of like green and forestry out here for it to burn so much, but um, I was out in Colorado like two weeks ago and it was the worst out there because all, all of it usually blows a little east, like right in line from like Northern California. Mm-hmm. So from like Oregon and Washington and it was bad out there. Like you couldn't see anything. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. So where did we leave off? Sorry, the power went out. So we got cut off there. Luckily, none of the footage was corrupted. So we're good. Cool. Okay, that's totally fine. Yeah, I've done it. Just pick off where we were, were talking about. Um, basically, just the rambly point I was making is just like, so I... I, I was dealing with the concussions, right? It was, it was a lot to do at a young age because mm-hmm. I, was, I was dealing with physical pain and like lingering pain. Cause usually, you know, like you sprain an ankle or break your leg and it's healed. Right. But right. I was dealing with something that like has now become like a disability in my life, you know, like where I, I still mm-hmm. feel symptoms today. Like today, my, I still get chronic headaches and like, I have, you know, weird moodiness and like, I get, like I, my vision's a little messed up too, where I see a lot of floaters and I have struggled with like loud noises and lights and everything. Um, so like, it was like a journey that I started like 15, 16, that I had no idea was going to like continue to affect me for so long. Right. Um, so, so like that was tough, you know, to deal with healing, but then it was right then though, like a very pivotal moment in my life, because like I said, sports was always the thing for me. Right. But right. then I remember I, music was something I was doing. I enjoyed playing the guitar at that point. I had written a few songs. I'm like, that's fun. But then I just realized like, like, I'm like, okay, I want to move my energy or like rather focus my energy on something more like that gave me as much fulfillment as sports. And I just completely just dove into the music thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if I'm not going to be an athlete, cause at that point I had like dreams of maybe playing sports in college or something. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a, like not a possibility anymore, but I was like, okay, this music thing actually makes me feel 
fulfilled in like a similar but very different way than sports you know and i'm like i really oh, yeah. do this. I'm like i'm gonna jump into that and just kind of see where this goes so i think it was right around then where i'm like you know what i'm gonna do this musician thing and and it like it just felt good you know i just started writing more songs at that point i was working with um um treehouse studios back in yorkville shout out to treehouse yeah which you guys know about for viewers that don't know that was like a collective we started back in high school we built a studio in um our homie zach mazook and up in his attic um like built up the walls and started a studio it started off as just having all our friends coming and hanging out and recording music and at this point like it's been growing a lot more because he uh he moved out to phoenix and he kept going down there out here in san diego i have a few different artists that we record for for treehouse and um, we have like nathan nazanga out in seattle he's doing big things and he reps treehouse too so it's really cool so that was just that's like awesome man it was great. So, you know, I just stumbled like from all the pain and whatever, and just dealing at that at a young age, but I did stumble onto like a great group. And, and honestly, I had way more time to make those connections because I was so used to like practice after school, sports and sports and mm. sports. But at that point I was free. Right. So I was having more time to actually spend the time with the people around us, you know, and like, and like, I always say, it, cause I, I meet people now older and they're like, I don't even talk to my high school friends. I don't even talk to my elementary school friends, but like the people that I met out there are like, they're like some of my homies, you know what I mean? Like they are lifelong. 100%. And I just feel like for the small town that both of you and I did grow up in, there was a really just great amount of culture and good people, you know, that's, that's kind of surprising. It know? really was actually. Yeah. So like, you, you know, there's people like you that are doing big things here with the podcast and everything else oh, that you travel into, you know, it's, and so it's just very cool. And I think that's something that I take away from my whole life anyways, like the people you meet is just so important, man. Like you can't take wealth or earnings or like accomplishments with you, but these people and relationships that will remember you when you croak or, you know, at least have a funny story to tell. Like that's it right there, man. Like it's just truly like, that is my favorite thing just to have these connections and maintain them. Cause it's not hard, you know, like even being across the country now, I can just shoot a text to like catch up with you every once in a while. Or like, you know, some of my good homies from high school too. And just be like, how are you doing? Just call. And like, it's just great. It's just really cool just to keep those. Like, I'm just not a believer in, Oh, they're not in my life anymore. So I'm not going to talk to them. 100%. Yeah, I agree. And the thing for me too, is like, I've been really recently trying to figure out like it, as I'm 22, I'm like reflecting on what do I want to be the values I live my life by? And one of them that was so important to me was like, surround yourself with people you care about, surround yourself with people that make you happy as well. And so like, as I focus in more and more on that, that same realization of like the people who I started with, the people that like we founded with here, built such lasting bonds and such great relationships. And like, there is nothing more important than that. And even too, like you're acknowledging with that idea, like we don't talk all the time, but the fact that we take the time to even acknowledge and reflect that the existence of the other person is still there does show a level of care. And, and I do appreciate that too. Yeah. Like it's so, it's so rare to, to meet and interact. And like, that is the one thing that will never happen again in this space and moment in time is like our souls getting to interact and have this experience, right? Because there will be a point in time where we die and none of us we're in existence. Our, our whole being is not really important, but the fact that we get to have these moments and the fact that we have uninterrupted time to just talk and experience and express each other's life. It's you something you can't, you can't beat any day of the week absolutely man i totally 100 percent agree with that and just a raw emotion like that and, and just like good things is like something that i try to translate into like being like a creative you know, yeah. because like really, to me i can tell like you think in a creative way it's just like being able to, to like acknowledge those things and just realizing that like right because your existence is way more than 
what you accomplish or like wh- who you are, but like just these people around you and these moments that you're spending. So, and I, I think I can relate that to like a song, right? Because it's mm. so, just so vast and interesting. And, and similarly, you're capturing these moments in like two to three, four minute tracks, you know, of just like yeah. moments that are like capturing emotion or like maybe you're trying, <laughs> trying to send a message in your song or you're trying to do like anything. It's just like so endless. Like, I mean, all of art is truly mm. but music, especially for me, at least it's just so just, crazy in that element so that's super cool that's very beautiful like how do you think you've seen your creative process evolve like from your 2017 project and from your first picking up the instrument again till now how do you think as a creative you have like evolved because i know your mentality as a human being has evolved so i'm sure your ability and also mentality on your art form has also evolved could you talk about that a little bit Absolutely. I think it started because like I said, but first I was picking up the guitar and like, let's just make noise with it. Cause I, I never learned in a conventional way. Right. I just tossed lessons aside from the start. And I was like, let's just do, let's just make some noise. You know, that's what's feel good. That's why I tell anybody who starts, starts to play an instrument. I'm like, if you want to pick up an instrument, like you can look up all this stuff, you can get, through, <laughs> you know, which is helpful. But like the root of why you're playing an instrument is just to make noise. Right. And express yourself. So I think from the very start, that's how it began. Like I had the, I started writing songs and I was making noise and I was really excited about that. Right. Cause I was like, I loved music growing up as most people do, you know, I love listening to it. And I was like creating something for my own brain that was like coming out into like something I could formulate and like some raw emotions and anything and just playing sound. So I think from the very start, like when I did release a, that first project, I was just so excited to get something out there, right? Like we had this studio that we had built, Treehouse Studios. I was like, I want to get in there and like, let's make something, you know? And like, let's just record something. And I think that was just so fulfilling for me to have like, you know, to see your name on like Spotify or like in a very self-serving way, like, you know, you're like, this is cool. Like 100%. I'm here, like I'm in my li- own library next to like my favorite artists and all this. And like, very, very exciting. And I think, taking that from now like so i you know i grew up and i I released that first project like pretty close before i was leaving for college i wrote the song starting from 16 to 18 finally had them recorded around 18 and then i left for san diego to college right Mm -hmm. and at that point you know a lot more is going on in my life than just the music i kind of relaxed on it for like a year because i was kind of soaking up freshman year and then it wasn't until sophomore year back here at um, college that i started picking up the music again where Mm -hmm. i started doing a lot more shows around town and i was doing them around campus and I started writing a lot more. And, and then, but like, I, so then I released another project. It was my sophomore year of college. Like right when I was saying, like, I was feeling a lot more inspired. Like, again, like it was like, had these experiences from moving across the country. And that was grounded, correct? Yeah, that was the second one. So Dude, I really like that project. Hold on. I'm going to shout out for people. If you're, if you want to listen to that project, check out Miss Calls. I really like that song, Mother Earth and 645. Those are really good. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks so much, man. So, those, yeah. I think those um, songs like definitely came from just like those, that cliche dream of like, let's move across the country to California. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like kind of where that came. And I was just surrounded by such new culture and such new people. And like, just being able to pick up the guitar again and write, like, I remember like having classes, but I would always write a song like five or 10 minutes before I would have to go to class because no I was- way. It was like, it was like, I just didn't want to go. I was just dreading it, dreading it. And then I would have an idea in my head and like, I knew I had to leave, but like my brain, probably the part of me that wanted to procrastinate, like started coming up with really good lyrics. And like, that's I exactly it. So I just remember just like scribbling away <laughs> as fast as I could. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm late for my lecture, but like, this is such a good idea. Like I need to like 
you know, and then I remember the whole lecture still thinking about it, like in the back, still like writing out some lyrics and stuff and then getting home and finally like putting down a demo of the song or something. Mm-hmm. So like that was excited. And I think in that mindset, I was still on this wave of like, I want to do a project, right? Because growing up, I was always so inspired by artists that had like these bigger projects and had like songs that like kind of met with each other and everything. And like, mm-hmm. I think with that, I mean, it's not even that I bit off more than I could chew. Or, like I was just on this, like such a bigger picture of how i wanted my music to be and i realized that like because now like i've released this new song um this past month uh for my that was this is the latest too far gone too far gone since two years ago and during those two years because i kind of really like my music just really changed right like the music (laughs) yeah your soundscape has evolved so much it's been all over the place and i think because the past two years from releasing i spent a lot of time playing with bands like i played with swamp donkey out in illinois Yep. I played with um, uh, a band out here called Sunspoken um, for a few months out in San Diego. And I played with like just a few others, like just jamming and just playing on the beach and like collaborating with other people. And I, I was more focused on like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is before I was so focused on like my own sound and like capturing it. But then I was just focused on, okay, let's let myself feel this other influences of all the music around me. And like, let's mm. create and like be with other people making music and like, let's see where that is. You almost, in a sense, wanted to become a chameleon of the influence of the style and genre of whatever other musicians were in that room at that moment in time. Yeah, I, mm, I can hear that, too, in this project, too, because it's specifically like the way you layer the vocals, but also include like Hendrix-esque guitar moments. But then there's also like, did you use any electronic drums in there too? I felt like, yeah, like at the beginning with that too. And then you also bring in though, like the tambourine and the live percussion. And it's really, it was really like an amalgamation of all, all of the chapters of your old music, but I could also see this culturing of artistship from around you highlighting in this track, but it is distinctly you. This is, this is the first track that I feel like I don't think you're trying to be anyone else. You're really distinctly you. And I want to go in depth into this track, but like, I want, if you want to continue on the thought you're on, go ahead. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I entirely agree. That's totally a point that I was trying to make. Cause it's like, I think I had not even an issue, but starting making music so soon and recording around like 16, mm-hmm. you know, I, like at that frame, I was like, let's just get some music pumping out there, you know? And I was just so much on that wave. Even when I released Grounded, I was like, let's just get some more music, you know, because this is what I do now. And it wasn't until I started, I think, maturing more musically. And like you said, being chameleon and soaking up the, the jam sessions I was doing and the different stuff. And like, because I realized I'm like, I don't need to rush this thing, right? I, I want to, and I told myself, I was like, because I had ideas, right? But I like, I don't want to release another song until I'm really, really happy with it. And that took a while. It took two years, you know, mm-hmm. like, and there was like frustration, you know, writing, like, that ain't it, that ain't it. But I was just patient and I kept working at it. And finally, like, had a song that, like, I, I really happy by the way you explained it, like, totally what I was going for as far as like, because I've always I've had so many different influences. I like to mesh a lot of different styles and genres. And like, I was like, this is like the one, this is something I'm happy for that I can push out. And like, I was like, I'm tired of this fast pace. I actually took the time to promote this track, you know, like made some stuff about it, like pushed it around to some playlists and all that. Like I did the whole other half of it than just, okay, making music. So right, very exciting. Very, It just feels good to have something out there that I'm just truly happy with. And like, that's not even knocking on the old stuff. It's just, it's just different, you know, and I think it's cool. <laughs> For the people that knew me then and have listened to my music, they'd be like, wow, like you, like you said, like it's changed, you know, because it has, because it's not just me, 16 year old me, like with an acoustic guitar in my hand, 
you know, at this point I've learned a lot more musically and also in my life. So, well, I wanted to go there next too with this specific track is the lyrical content comparative to like grounded per se. It's way much. I felt like with grounded, you were, you were longing to become like a philosopher in a, in a sense, you were longing to have these profound experiences and to be able to propagate that through your art form. But with this latest track, the way that you lyricize and, and the way that you put your writing together, I felt it was almost extremely more profound and yet much wiser than how you used to before. And it was just not, not again, not dogging on the old version, just it's so new and it's so interesting. What I guess, what is the, what was the inspiration or the impetus to, to sort of bring out these lyrics and why and why the lyrics you chose for the song? Totally. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think before I just was like, I was like, I want to get deep. I want to have these thought provoking more songs and stuff. And I think it's really easy to try too hard, right? Like it's just mm. anything you do. It's so easy to try too hard. And like, so I think for this case, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like all those lyrics had meaning because like, I am not one that writes based on like, oh, I'm going to send a message. Like as much as I do, like when I am writing on a spin, I'm like, okay, let's kind of make this deeper. But at least in this one, like, these ones just kind of came to me right like i came like i remember i made the beat my laptop was broken at the time actually and the way that i usually make music i couldn't so i had this like old looper pedal and i was just like frustrated one day i'm like let's just like because i was like i haven't been making music i'm like i have no way to do it i usually do i'm like let's just plug in all my instruments to this little looper and like i was like holy shit, like this started to sound good and like it just really started to sing itself to me like that's that main melody where it was like it's like i don't make the rules you know like i, I and all that like just kind of came to me right away i'm like well these could be cheesy and all but but like that's okay because i realized i'm like in the past i've definitely tried too hard with the lyricism i'm like i just need it to just kind of flow out and those ones just mm-hmm. came like read it like those i feel like those are the best songs that i write that i don't have to think about the hook four or five times it's just like the first thing that really does come to my brain yep. so but I, at least though, how I open up the song, like I like I sing those little like give it back to me's that yep. that one I felt like came to me first too because like I was finally feeling in a space where I'm like I hadn't written a solo song in a while. I was really focusing on the band I was in at the time, and I was like, yeah, give it back to me. I'm like, this is the energy <laughs> that I need. I'm like, this is how I feel when I'm ready to threaten. Like so, I think that one had the most intention out of the whole song. But you know, I can't sit here and lie and be like, oh, all of those lyrics have great meaning, but. Just more so that like, they were authentic though to what I was feeling in that moment. And they just came to me from the music. Like mm. I've heard the most successful songwriters say that the songs write themselves, right? Because it's it's good music instrumentation at first. And it just comes to them through a melody or whatever it is. And like from there, if you can follow that and match it good with some vocals and all that, then it should all tie together. I totally agree. And I see that too, like in the artistry of like Bob Dylan, for, for example, because he's so old now, like, it's a for an artist making a song is making a public and completely intimate diary diary entry of your life and it's an it's really a it's an amalgamation of who you are in that moment in that piece of time and then how as an audience member can you interact and interplay with that and have that experience affect the one that you live and i think so much of that is it's definitely showing through this song and I can't wait to see the trajectory moving forward. What was the, what was the meaning of too far gone? Why, why that for the title? Um, it was kind of the hook. It was kind of the hook at the time. Mm. And I think, I don't know, it's kind of hard. I think it can mean a lot of different things. Like it can mean like, at least I think in my own idea, I was like, just like too far gone 
in the sense of just like not like maybe over like I'm a big overthinker in my life in general you know and just like I can I can always say that like I can be like too far gone or too far into something and I think for me it was more that and almost my way of combating that and like releasing something that I was happy about if that makes any sense you know what I mean like totally not going off the cliff you know but also going off the cliff in a sense like this is something awesome you know and that's why like I chose the the animation of like the car driving off the cliff and like that's mm-hmm. how I had the album artwork too of just like someone falling off the cliff and not even in such a negative way you know not like that it's gonna have negative implications or anything like that but just like just falling and in, just into something something else you know so that's what I just was really the most excited for about the release and like to have something new you know how do you feel I want to talk about because I've heard a lot vocally changing in the character in which you sing with and also I feel like you're starting to use a lot more of your diaphragmatic breathing and you're supporting your sound a lot more. Do you feel like you're coming more into your voice? Like I definitely felt like your voice on this track felt much more mature. It's not, it's the same Zach. It's just as as a Zach that is understanding his instrument in a new way. Totally. Absolutely, man. I, that's how I'm feeling a little bit better about the voice. Cause I, it started, I was always a guitar player, right? I was Mm -hmm. never so much of a singer. I'd always say like, I, I really enjoy singing. I enjoy writing lyrics, but I'm not like your belter or like hitting crazy roles. Like I just, my voice can't do that. And that's okay. Right. I accept that. Because I think for me, I'm just trying to focus more on my strong suits. Like I think I'm good at writing catchier hooks and good melodies mm-hmm. and some, and I really like to fuse different styles. Like I really like to put in like rapier flows and kind of have emphasis on certain syllables and all that. And then mix that with a little bit of singing. You know, I think that's kind of more what I'm going for. That's always kind of what I had been going for. But this song more had that like the second verse was like more of a rapier kind of part, you know, and then mixing that in with the melodic hook. So I think that's moving forward is kind of more the what I want to channel because the more the, my favorite stuff that I've made has been more rapier. And uh, some of the stuff that I don't have released, like with that band I was working on, like I was just like I was doing some really rapier stuff without like some early like if you're a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like I love Anthony Kiedis. He's the lead singer there. And he did like if you listen to some of the early Chili Pepper stuff, like he like sounds like uh like a like a hip hop rapper, like some of the stuff he says, but like he's so he'll just say just the weirdest shit that'll make you go like, what did he just say? And, like I had a line in one of the songs with the band that's uh it's like I'm getting freaky in a funky rug, I'm pulling undercover with a dirty glove, you know, just nice. stuff like that, just like letting your mind like where I almost feel like schizophrenic sometimes, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's, but it's cool. Like, I like that where it's like words can be so meaningful, but also meaningless at the same time. And I think mm. to have that combination in a song is very, very cool. Mm. Yeah. I like, I get what you're saying. Like putting, it's almost like I, I, I connect it for me to understanding like vocal scat and jazz. It's like the freedom and just like the release of not necessarily making sure that in everything is perfectly lined up intimately and just allowing the sporadic moment to happen actually creates the beauty itself. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And it's cool. I just, I like, I really like the mesh of genres. Like I love when, um, you know, you can mix like, like rap into like folk or like something that you just mm-hmm. wouldn't expect. You're like, wait, like, like this song specifically, I would, well, the guy I was producing with his name's Thomas. He's really great. Cool. Um, met him out here in san diego and um he put like an 808 in the song which is like more of a hip-hop based instrument and i like never saw a track of mine having that but like it fits so well with the style and and working with him now we're going for more like meshing hip-hop more into the stuff because we're like we liked how that is like and similar to the the 
the synthetic drums, you know, that he was using in there with just like, mm-hmm. like the hi-hats noises and stuff that you would hear like in a hip hop song. And I think, you know, just at, at combining that with the instrumentation allows me to combine that too with my voice, you know, having the different styles of both singing and rapping and flowing or whatever it might be. So, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that production aspect. So are, are you producing and composing all the tracks yourself? Are you working with someone? Are you having someone master you? What's, where are you at with that right now? So I've done a lot. So that's another journey I've been on too. Like I used to make it over at Treehouse Studios with Mr. Cole Ryan. Mm-hmm. And he was like just my bread and butter producer, like loved working with that guy. And like since then, I had a hard time finding someone that I really enjoyed working with again, like someone who kind of understood my background and where I was going for. And it wasn't until I met Thomas, who I just mentioned that I, I met him like sophomore year in college. We were just jamming together and he got into production. Like I didn't see him for like two years. And then he oh, hit yeah. me. I, think I saw him randomly at a party or something and he's like hey i have all this recording equipment like let's just come over let's just work on something and working with him was just so seamless like it felt like how i was working with cole you know back when i was like 16 in trio studios and like it, he just really understood my style like he was doing things that i would ask him to do anyway and it, lately we've been forming a really good relationship of working together that I've, I've i've enjoyed so much like so basically the song process for me starts i, I write the song with my guitar i write all the lyrics i have that ready and then i'll come to him with it and like i'll play it for him have the idea and he'll kind of get some ideas going and then we kind of work like co-producing it together so so we'll like well he'll pick he's he's really good at making digital drums and that's production is something i'm getting better at myself that i've kind of picked up like maybe a year and a half ago um so he'll kind of pick out like some good you know other other like synths and drums and stuff and kind of throw it in there and together we'll kind of go through and be like okay i like that sounds good and like and that's what's great too is because he's getting better at the um um, the mixing and mastering side as well. Like actually he's really, he's really good at it too. So to the point where we can produce a song together and he can also do the mixing and mastering. So it all stays in the same house, which I really enjoy oh, yeah. not getting tossed around to three different people who might not understand where I'm coming from, you know, cause we can sit there together and like, he can kind of tweak everything that I want. And he's super patient with me, you know, cause I can just get like, yeah, I just get so excited sometimes. And I always tell him like, Hey, don't let me boss you around. He's like, no, like, this is what, like, this is what we do. Like, you know, like I'm here for you, which like, he's just really awesome. Just selfless kind of engineer that way. So that's really smart. That. You need someone like that. Like yeah. every famous artist, every major artist, like even, even Justin Bieber and that, like they have their team that when they're in their room, when they're in their element, they can just make them flourish even more. Yeah. And that's, what's great too. Cause like, he's just, I, I always thought like, I just like end of the session, I always give him like fist bump or something. I'm like, thank you for making another song come to life. Cause like yeah. for me, sometimes the songs can start off as such a vast idea in my brain. And like, and then it's not until going over to his place and putting something down and like hearing it on the speaker. I'm like, okay, this is actually coming to life now. Like it was just, just a super really cool feeling in itself too. And, and that's just so interesting. Kind of what you said before, it's like, it can be a very, um, uh, what's the word not revealing but just intimate part of you to reveal you know when you're when you yeah, are like a diary entry yeah exactly that's how you were you know and like some music can just be so personal in that sense so it is just very cool and especially when you get another person's hands and brain on it you know when you are co-producing with someone because it's like okay my, my thoughts are entering his brain he's going to translate that onto the computer and that's going to turn into some type of audio you know which is just mm-hmm. So cool. Really, really cool. I, I like collaborating is something that I like really enjoy. Like all the time I'm like, Hey, you need a guitar on a song or like, let's work on a song together. Like, I wanted to go into that in between, bro. That thing bops. That thing hits. Yes. Sir. Very Tom Mish and use of days ask. Oh, cool. I appreciate that. That's totally kind of the realm I've been in lately for sure. 
that's what my boy Cole Ryan, who I mentioned, CPR, check him on yep. Spotify. He's been uh, really on the lo-fi game lately. And like, because like he comes from a really organic background like me, like grew up with the, you know, just like his, his dad played guitar and like was always around instruments and like really just dove into it. And we started off, like he started off as just a, a studio engineer, right? Just tracking instruments. And it wasn't until I think two, three years ago too, where he was like, I'm going to start making beats and do that. And he only, he picked up guitar, um, I think less than two years ago now. And like, so the first half of guitar on that track is all him. And he's only been playing for like, I don't even think not even two years. Like he's just no been away. around for so long. And like, hold on, give me one second. I have to open the garage door. Oh Sorry. no, do your thing. You're fine. You're fine. Give me one second. Sorry, my girlfriend just got here. Oh, you're fine. No worries at all. No, you're good. Uh, let's keep going. Keep going. I can cut that. I'll edit that. Oh, no worries at all. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Cole um, had the, the similar organic background and he's been diving really into like being an artist for himself lately with the, the lo-fi beats, like has the CPR, like um, alias kind of, and yep. he's been producing and he's got, you should definitely check out his stuff. He's got some really good, um, really good lo-fi beats that are great to like chill to study to. Like the lo-fi is just such a big wave lately, especially, but but funny enough, we haven't really collaborated since he's been doing that lately. And like that track was so fun too, because I moved out of my place uh, at the end of July and he hit me up the last week I was there and okay. he sent me this beat and he's like, I feel like we could do something together. And I'm like, look, I have 80 million other things going on this week. We're like, let's make this happen. And we did yeah. like, we made that track within a week and he was up in Oregon at the time. I was down here in San Diego, just sending files back and forth. And like, we had a track we were happy with and we're like, like, hell yeah, like this is <laughs> Like, let's do it. Like, let's drop it. And so, like, that's really exciting for the future. Me and him are definitely going to be working on some more stuff. We're thinking of starting a, a collaboration, a, a solo kind of project ourselves under a different artist name called The Chef's Collective. Ooh. Ooh. Kind of that's, a, that's a fat name. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we're thinking of just combining more of, like, kind of what you're saying about Tomish guitar. And also, because in my personal opinion, I think the next wave of music right now is going to be more organic instruments mixed with like dancey beats, right? I mm. think that is the next wave because like I, you see all That's these thousands of people at like like raves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, right? They love the beats they can move their bodies to, but also people love instruments. Like they love when someone comes out and they can watch you playing. So like if you look like artists like Hippie Sabotage or like Two yep. Feet, kind of combine like organic instruments. So that's what I'm hoping to do with him. I think we're going to do big things there. We're going to wear like chef's hats and chef coats and throw out like our doors to the audience, like tiny pepperonis or something like that. So that's, that's kind of the vision I have with him moving forward. And also making music under um, um, CPR and myself too. Um, and like to go on an even more of a tangent, that's kind of where I see my music lately too. Like I, like I said, I took those, those two years before releasing a solo to really just like diversify myself. And it, lately I've really realized a presence in like it doesn't need to just be zach Britt. it can be like these eight other bands that i can be with like simultaneously like i am always down to work with anyone and everyone like because it's like why not maybe grow and let me yeah i oh you still there okay, 
You're cutting out. I think it's you this time. Can you hear me? Oh. Okay, there you go. It seems a little better. Much better. Can you hear me? You can you hear me as well? Oh, fuck. I can hear I'm going to try moving up a little bit. Hey, hey, there you are. There you are. Better. It's a little higher ground over here. No, you're good. You're good. But I completely agree. I heard I heard it and then it cut out. But collaboration is one of the most like important things I feel like for an artist because it's like the collaboration is allows you to explore the emotional landscape that builds inside of yourself and in different ways. It's like going to a therapist, right? A therapist sometimes can make you reflect in a way that you've never thought before. Expressing with another artist can do that exact same thing. Totally. Yeah. And that's just how I feel. It's like, just why limit yourself? And like, I, I just want to like, just challenge myself and working with these other people. I think one of my favorite things to do is I do a lot out here in San Diego. I'll play on, on the beach. Cool. Um, just like set up all my stuff and put a poster out and like just play. And I've met so many people that way. And especially other musicians where like someone will come to me and be like, Hey, like I play, like, would you ever want to jam? And I'm like, yes, like come over. And like, every time that happens within the same week that I meet them, they're over jamming. Wow. Like, whether it's just like just something simple, like just playing. And I, I don't even care. Like if you can like whatever skill level you're at, like just come over, like be around the music. Like let's talk music, let's do something. And like, like, it's just like, I've just created this community for myself of just really great people and musicians around here. That's just been great. Like, it's just like constant. It's like, however, like I want to have a jam session tonight. either have everyone over or like, okay, I'm feeling this style. So like, let's invite them over. Like, let's go over here. And like, it, it's just so cool that way. And it's moving more towards like, making like creating songs with other people too like i've formed a few different groups while i've been out here and just collaborating with other solo artists and whatnot and just like just dabbling everywhere i think that's just like the way to do it like truly so i wanted to ask and get into too you're a yoga fiend when did you start that how did you get into that and when did you get so advanced at it that was something that came around the concussions as well, actually, funnily enough, because I was like, I was really into exercise from the sports and all that, but I couldn't do, when I was concussed, I couldn't do the same, like, exercises that I was doing, you know, and like, I was so, that was another big frustration for me, because I wasn't getting any, like, energy out through activity, you right. know, I wasn't doing any, like, like, I, I was a little into lifting weights, I was never that crazy into it, but like, just doing like a lot of like running and stuff like that, that was so high impact, and I couldn't lift anything because it was too much pressure on my brain, and all that. So I I've, someone suggested actually, um, uh, Coach Chapman at back at Yorkville High School recommended he was like, Have you ever thought about yoga? He's like, you know, like, there's like, there's ways you can still work out and not so much be so strenuous. And sim- like, I was seeing a chiropractor at the same time, who was like, also like hyping it up. I'm like, you know, what? let's just try it. Like before I had this vision of yoga is like, oh, you're not getting any exercise doing that or anything. Like that. <laughs> it's not anything. And like, I started doing it and like, I was like, oh my, like, this is so nice. Like I, I, at the point I couldn't do that much still, but it was like a way for me to move in my own way without over, like I wouldn't hurt myself at the end. And like, that's when I just, I think I really started to discover a whole different side of myself too, of just like, of everything that yoga brings, you know, from peacefulness to like, to moving, to stillness, to all of it. And like, I started to really just incorporate incorporate that into my life, like to the point where like now when I wake up, 
like if I don't have anything going on in the morning, like I, I do it right away. Like I have to, like, I just have to just start off my body that way, like stretch it out. And I, it really got me into um, meditation as well. Like I met nice. one of my best, one of my best friends now here in San Diego, I met uh, a little over two years ago, his name's Amaris. And he is like really, really into meditation. Like I met him and like I, one of the first moments I had with him, like he was just in the backyard, like staring at a wall. I'm like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm meditating. He's like, I do this all the time. And like before then I'd only ever meditated in yoga, right? Like in Savasana, just taking yep. a few moments to just lay there and just like meditate in stillness after your activity. But this man like incorporates meditation into like his daily life all the time. Like right when he wakes up, does an hour, like midday, like evening. And I was like, wow. A very formal meditation, right? Not so much, oh, I'm going to exercise and then meditate. Like, he will just take the time. Is he, is he like a Buddhist or a Hindu or? No, he's just no. a cool dude. Overall, just, just a, a dude cool who guy. loves it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's also a musician and stuff. Check him out. Chico Star on Spotify. Star. Shout out to Chico yeah. Star, baby. He's a great guy. That's Amaris Sanded over here in San Diego. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy as well. Um, but anyway, so that's something I incorporated more because he encouraged me. He's like, okay, well, I know you meditate when you do yoga, but like, let's try to do a formal meditation together. And I, I will always remember like that experience with him. We just went to like a grassy hill and we just sat there and like, he was like, let's just try a half an hour. And, you know, and I just sat there and I'm like, there's no way, like what? Like I see you do this in the backyard all the time. I'm like, there's no way I can sit here. And like, I was there and I was like, okay, I guess I do this in yoga and just breathe and breathe. And like, I remember his like alarm went off or he was like, okay, we're done. I'm like, that was 30 minutes. Yeah. And like, I just, like that feeling that I had of just like a similar feeling to finishing a, a, a yoga session, you know, and like just calmness and just like, it's just, it's just great. Like everything and anyone that's just on that wave of meditation can say, it's just, it is just so true, but it's also so personal, you know, it's not even mm -hmm. like a, it's a cure all to anything. Like it's not going to change your life. It's not going to make you a happier or better person, but it is such a personal thing. Like to just sit there with yourself, you know, and to not be stimulated for once is like so hard. Cause like, I'm a go, go, go like all day. Like today I worked like eight hours. I was babysitting my little cousins. I drove over here in rush hour and I logged onto the laptop to talk to you. You know, like, and, like can actually carve out time in my schedule to just sit there. Like, it's so hard for me, but so beneficial. Mm -hmm. Completely uh, I, agreed. Yeah. So that's something I've been trying to make more in my life now. I'll do a lot more formal meditation still absolutely with the yoga. And I'll try to combine most, like I'll do like maybe an hour of the stretching and yoga and exercise, and then try to do a full hour of the meditation right after if I really can, if I had the time for it, you know, yeah. I, you know, that's not every day. It was like truly life is like, you gotta, you gotta do things every once in a while. You can't always just remain still, but like when you have the moments to carve out for yourself, they're so important, like so, so important. So, but I, and I understand you too, man. I see you posting all the time about doing the yoga and all that. So I, I love yep. to see it. Yeah. Big fan, big fan. I, I use, I was going to ask like, do you self-practice? Do you do guided or how do you, how do you take yourself through it? I really enjoy self. Um, I I just like to just be there and know what my body needs in the day. At this point, I have like didn't a know. Like, do you have a book or something? Like, what? Like, how did you memorize or did you learn all your poses? Yes, a lot of it was from taking classes. Um, mm -hmm. When I was a student at, at SDSU, um, that we had like access to the Arc. That was our gym, and they had free classes every day. So I cool. was like, I was in those rooms all the time. Like, met, got to know all the teachers really well. And like, there was one guy in specific. His name was Daniel Sun. Like this guy from uh, where's he from? He's from um, Brazil, Chile or Brazil? I can't remember, Shit. but South America and like long hair, like your typical, just like who? Like he was just so the the thing I admired about him the most is that he was the most consistent human being I've ever met. Like and that and that's what I strive to be. Like not happy, not sad, but like every single time I saw him, he was the same person. You know, so he like 
the how I attributed that is like he's not pushed around by the external factors in his life. Like he is just mm. always himself. And like I admired that because like I would come to yoga after a long day of school and I'd be like, oh, you know, or whatever's going on and like angry or upset. But like he was always the same, never happier, never sadder, just always himself. And like I admired that so much. So, and I think truly it was just his lifestyle. Like I taught, like he doesn't have any kids. He teaches yoga in like South America for six months out of the year. Like he just, wow. just what he does, you know? So, but anyway, that's, that's where I learned, like just being around people like that. And, and now just doing those classes for a while, I just kind of developed my own flow. I love, I do more or less a similar flow, like every morning, like and change it around a little bit, depending on what I need. But that's, that's just like what, what, what my body likes. So. Yeah, I do the, um, Vivia Sun or whatever I believe is the style, and then also Hatha 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 style as okay. well. Yeah, those, totally. those are the yeah. two that I usually practice, and then I do do meditation as well. Um, I was for a while practicing Mundidi, and then I read some Taoist and uh, early Buddhist texts, and so I just uh, um, similar to you with the yoga, I I learned just the breathing patterns of the Buddhists that they would use to try and like begin to do it during, I think during the Theravada Buddhism specifically. And it's just like a repeated pattern counting from zero to 10. And if you get lost, you go back to zero and keep going. If you forget counting, don't even go back. Don't ever think about it. And then I just allow that. And then I usually get lost. However, recently I started involving crystals into my meditation and I, as weird as it sounds, as weird as it sounds, there is something about the energy and the connection and the apparent uh, relationship between emotions and the ability that is, is within a specific stone or a specific subset of the rock. And so I find that to be extremely new and extremely fascinating, but I love just getting, I'll do what you exactly, like you said, 30 minutes, an hour. And it will just be like, God damn it. I want to keep going. That was like five minutes. I'm like, what? And like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's great. Yeah. The, you know, it's, not uh, what you said. It's not crazy at all, man. I, I love that the rocks and crystals myself, man. I mean, that stuff can make sense. I mean, I, I was like, when you start talking about the spiritual mobile double matter, like it's like you could, there's people who are definitely too far gone, you know, not in a callback, but like in the in the sense of the spirituality, like and not even in a bad way, but like they're just lost in it. And like if you would have told me four years ago that like I'd be into the some of the stuff that I am now, like I'd be like, no way, you're wrong. But, like, there are certain things, man. Like if you're into like with the rocks, I totally believe. Like and that stuff makes sense. Like different substances on our earth give off different vibrations, and that's why different rocks and crystals make you feel a different way. Like music, like anything, like anyone, like it just makes sense. Like I, I love. I have a. I keep a rock or crystal in my pocket every day. I, I look. Oh. I have a bunch. Of in the morning, I pick how I want to feel or how I'm feeling, and I grab one and I put it in my pocket. Yep. You know, and that's what I carry all day. And like I'm a fidgeter, right? So whenever I'm feeling anxious or I'm not maybe acting in the way that I want to, I'll reach in my pocket and I'll fidget with it. And I'll remember, I'm like, okay, this stone, this is how I want to feel. That's why I grabbed it today. And like that's So I'm a firm believer in that man. And like, not even a way that I got to shove it down anybody's throat. I'm like, if you want to laugh at me for having a rock in my pocket, okay, that's fine. But like, this is something that I enjoy, you know, like I, like that's something that makes me feel good. And like, I mean, I believe in it myself, you know, like this just stuff makes sense. And like, yeah. But it's definitely not for everyone, you know? And I, I think, like I said, like meditation and spirituality is such an independent journey. Like mm. you can't, you can't force anyone to meditate or to, to do it. Like you can, 
you're like, oh, it's cool, it's good, try, but like you can't make any, like it has to be with your own doing to start that path, I think, because then then truly that's when the work's gonna get done. You know, you can't just make someone do it like, oh, you're gonna be happy here, because it's like it's not the cure-all in any in it by any means, but it's a way to, to cope or a way to just like accept, I think. Like mm. but that's great, man. That's cool, super cool to talk to like like-minded individuals and I think what's cool about our generation too is like so many people are getting into that more now. Like it's like it's almost like meditation and spirituality is like the new fad, you know. Which facts, you know, which I think some people look at in a bad way because like, oh, that's just you're just hopping on the wave of it all. And like, I think for anything, it can be looked in a bad or good way. But it's like I think it's cool that people are like really thinking about this kind of stuff. Like you could like be swallowing bleach pods or you know or exactly like like you can get so consumed in social media the idea of getting consumed and discovering a new path is so refreshing. Yeah. And who cares that everyone's doing it? You know, they should be like, I, I don't like those people who are like, well, it's such a mainstream thing to be doing now. They're like, okay. But it's such, still so individual. Right. You, know? Like, you know, it's like truly whoever is experiencing it, they're experiencing it in such a different way than you are. Mm. You know, just fascinating. And so very cool. If you don't mind me asking, what is your spirituality? Oof, I don't know. I don't know. Um, cool. Yeah, that's the answer I give. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I really align with anything. I, I like to study everything. I like. I think I can gather a little bit from everything. Mm. But I don't so much can classify as something. I, I definitely go. I'm, I'm a very emotional guy, so I go with, with, with what I feel. Mm. A lot. Of, like I make a lot of emotional decisions, which can be to my benefit and also against me. Um, but like, I, I don't know. It's like whatever I'm feeling, you know, because like I said, four years ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe or think any, like half of the stuff that I knew now, but like, there's my experiences and conclusions that I've come to on my own have led me here and who knows where I'll be in another four or even tomorrow, you know, truly, but that's okay. I think that's okay. Sure. Sure. That's really cool. What's your thought on love? Like, how do you define love? Oof. Okay. Love. Oof. Love is interesting, right? Love mm. is very interesting. I think love, love can take so many different forms. I think you feel love, like I've been, I've been making the conclusion a lot. Like hate, hate is love. You know, hate is a form of love. You know, like like love, like it's just like you the the feeling you have with like a really good friend when you're having like a good conversation, or even now like when we're connecting, you have a really good conversation. I think that's a form of love, right? Or like when you like connect with like an emotional partner or like have a romantic relationship like that's like i think that's like mainstream love or like what a lot of people will think of like when your mind first goes to love you think of that person that you might love or but and there's a difference between like your mom's love and the way that she loves you the way that you love her like it's just can take so many different forms so i don't even know man i don't even know how to put my finger on that but i can i feel it i know that i think i know when i am feeling it for sure um, but I, like I don't know you have a good definition or uh, I guess I personally would define love as uh, the ability to to expect to express and accept honesty, truthfulness, admiration, and intimacy to the point in which elicits a mental and emotional and physical response that's sort of sure if i had to define what love is that is what it is but like you are saying 
it's so vast in the ways that it shows itself. The cloaks in which love holds itself in are so vivid and so deep and so varied that it's almost impossible to grasp a single concept that is just love. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that's that's very true. I think that's a great definition to put it to to put something like that to words because like that was around before humans and that's mm. a human definition you know so it's tough to put <laughs> yeah like that, but i think you, you did an excellent job there but i think what's crazy too is something i've been learning too is the the different forms that it takes kind of where you're getting at like i think being with different um different partners and like different like right so my girlfriend right now we've been together for almost two years and she loves in such a different Congrats, way Congrats, man yeah, it's great. She's fantastic. She's uh, shout out, shout out to Claire. No, seriously, not enough people are get are willing to like take the. It's it's it takes more work and more sacrifice to stay in a relationship than it does to float around. <laughs> but it's it's it can be rewarding too. But I, it's just crazy though because I've learned so much from dating her, right? Because she loves yeah. in such a way than I do. Like I am a very I like physical touch. I am an emotional guy. Mm. Um, like that's like my love language and we even did like a love language test and like for her she doesn't so much like that like you know she's she kind of loves in a different way where she likes like acts of kindness or like acts of service or like she likes to like have a good intellectual conversation with you then instead of just like then let's just like touch each other you know or like you know like so i think Sure. I think that's a really important thing about love is just understanding the different ways that people do love. And that's in just a mm. sense of uh, a romantic relationship too. But like I was mentioning, like with your mom or with your best friend or with your siblings or anyone, like so much love out there truly. And like, and also in the form of hate, right? Because even the thing, people that we hate, you have to care to hate them, right? So isn't that a form of love in yeah. a sense? Like that's what I think too. So I think even any negative feelings is also love because it's all right in that same ballpark, but just being expressed in a different way. Yeah, truly, truly, truly. I, I, you, there was one thing you said that I latched onto that was uh, that concept that you were talking about of you and your partner and understanding that you guys have definitively different love languages. That was actually something that me and my partner were talking about and working on. And I recently picked up this book that is talks and expresses about the needs of the man versus the needs of the woman in a relationship setting for a monogamous or, you know, like a, a straight relationship. And it's really funny you describe that because I'm that same way. For me, the admiration, affection, and physical aspect of the love is the most effective language for me absorbing their love however for my partner same similar to yours for women in general the biggest ones are intimate conversation and uh full admiration meaning the things such as writing a little love note when you're going to go on a vacation trip and leaving it on her pillow or texting her or sending her a voice message when you're at work in the middle of the day and you're just thinking about her or it's getting her flowers on an unexpected day when you don't need to like that 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 like affectionate more really considerate and like intellectual mind game for a woman really increases that love language for them. But for us as guys, I am that exact same way. I'm super emotional, but I'm also super physical because of how emotional I am. And so for me, I feel like, and also because of in my psychology, because I went through so much at financial adversity and like being very poor when I was younger, I think that providing and working really hard is a very effective way to show my love to my partner. But that wasn't 
reflected because in the time that I wasn't spending with my partner and overworking myself, I was just furthering our love bank because like, I feel like each person, like you're saying, our mom, our dads, our friends, us right now, we each have a love bank and we're either putting deposits in the love bank that increase the love for each other, or we're putting or we're putting depreciation deposits in there, which are hurting that relationship. And it's that exact same thing of like, once you're willing to like, just succumb to the sacrifice of this takes intention and a lot of work, that's when you start to really like increase your ability to feel and express and like, just appreciate what love really is. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I love that. I love the love bank analogy. I think that's very, very cool. And it's so, that's great. It's just cool to come to those conclusions. Cause I think when you are wrapped up into different types of loves and specifically with a partner or romantic relationship, I think it's easy for stuff to feel really heavy, right? Yes. For stuff to get, um, you know, we're like, why are things weird right now? Why are like, and I think that leads a lot kind of what you're saying people to split up and break up. And what's harder to do is to talk about it and get to the root <laughs> of these things because you do sometimes you get to a conclusion and like almost that's more upsetting you're like wait like that's like that's it right this is why it's happening like that's oh but to accept that and like okay now that we know that like let's try not to fall into the same pitfalls even though sometimes we will but like let's be aware of that now and let's like like decide like okay if you're still bringing me happiness and i want to be with you let's like work around this and like i think that's just so freeing like to just to come to some of those conclusions about in any like about your life about yourself to at least like be aware of that like that's something that i've i've noticed the most with meditation too is like just mm. like you know because when you're just sitting there you're just trying to be aware of what's around you and that carries over to your relationships in your life because like, you're just trying to be present to the factors of that are changing and like your behavior and your relationships and all the above so it's just so important to just come to those conclusions it can be tough. And like, that's what I enjoy the most about my partner is like, we can really communicate. Like we get down to the yeah, nitty gritty. Sometimes it's not, it's not like, you know, sometimes it can hurt because she's great at just like telling it up front. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, and like, like, oof, but I needed to hear that, you know, because I've grown so much being with her and I really, really appreciate that. And it's just cool. It's just cool to build something with that and to be with someone that like makes me more, like truly like, be a better person as corny as that sounds but like that's mm. just how it is you know you grow and like just do the thing together like which is very very fun sure sure i have a couple questions here before we get to the end that i want to go over uh yeah. the first one is what is your thought on aliens and extraterrestrial life <laughs> here we go okay so i'm always firm believer that freaking more here than us like it's mm. free us a given you know like i'm just watching like neil degrasse tyson in the cosmos like yeah, yeah yeah when he tells you that the earth is a grain of sand in all of existence you're like okay duh like there's no way in any shape or form that there's not any like there's no other life anywhere mm-hmm. um but with that being said are they humans are they going to come blow us up are they going to destroy us i don't know i don't know but because there's, there's no, they're like, I was reading something about Pluto the other day where like uh, Pluto has um, ice that looks like dirt or something. And for the longest wow. time, they didn't know what it is, but that's how Pluto expresses ice. Mm-hmm. So like just wrap your head around that concept, like who knows how any other planet expresses their life and what it looks like. I think it's truly unfathomable about the human, like for the human brain, because that's not us. Like it's fun to ponder and we can try to figure that out. But like truly, like we won't get to the answer because like, that's not in our, in our, in our, in our reach. Yeah. I think my favorite um, 
like form of philosophy is I, I can't remember the name but like some in ancient greek times whatever like with all the great philosophers out there like for socrates aristotle all them mm-hmm. they were like there were this group like guys you're thinking way too hard like we're never going to figure this out so let's just stop you know and not even mm-hmm. in a bad way but like that always yeah, yeah, yeah. stuck with me because it's like that's actually a really good point like it's fun to ponder right like to think about all these crazy stuff but like we're never going to figure it out, you know, which is cool and fun. And like, that's why we have science fiction and like, that's why we have create creative ideas and all this stuff because we're trying to like latch to that. But I think that's just the coolest thing. But in my own personal opinion, cause that's a cop out. I think <laughs> definitely are aliens for sure. And if, I think they've been here. They've totally been here because like we, yeah, hell yeah. You know, like stuff's stuff's been going on like you know whether there's before humans like definitely there's stuff going on like mm. that we're not aware of like more than meets the eye but yeah. i don't know i'm excited i think i've always said in like our lifetimes like stuff will like we're gonna figure some things out you know like things are gonna change drastically and i think a lot of these answers that we're wondering are gonna be revealed within i think hopefully our generation so yeah, I don't know, man. I got my seatbelt on, just waiting to hear. Yeah, about- you're just locked in, man. We're we're all just on this big rocket, just sort of floating, you know, flying through this space, waiting for the next asteroid to crash into us. Yes, so exactly right, and I and that's just cool. But it is fun to think about, right? But it, it's, it can is get sometimes when you do like, because you can talk to people who like really think about that shit, and they're like, it's like whoa, like yeah, they start to build their life around it. You know, and I think that's cool, but it can be dangerous because that's... I think stuff like, like stuff like similar to like, like religion or something can just take you away from your existence now, which mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of, you know, like it's fun mm-hmm. to ponder these things. It's fun to have different beliefs and I don't knock on anybody's beliefs at all. But like, in my case, I'm here on this earth with what I see and what I observe. So like, that's what I'm going to do, you know, so it's that's almost as if presence presentness is the most guiding principle in your life which is absolutely awesome. totally very very accurate there so what is my one of my last questions here what is the meaning of life in your, of opinion, life. in your opinion in your opinion absolutely yeah yeah meaning of life i've dude i have wondered what this, this will change next time we talk i guarantee this answer would change if i asked it again but right, right. now in this moment <laughs> In this moment, okay. In this moment, I think the meaning of life is kind of similar to what you're saying as far as being present and being aware and just like soaking this thing up, right? Because like like I, we were talking about earlier about how like the relationships are what are the most important, at least to me. You mm-hmm. know, people that you're sharing, that you're on the same timeline with, that's so important, I think, first and foremost. So I think one of the meanings there is to connect with everyone that's around you. Like, like anyone, you know, just to just make the time to do that. And I think truly too, is just like to, to not take yourself so seriously and to like do what makes you happy, you know, because like the world can change and just a snap, like from COVID to anything, like to when the aliens do finally come blow us up, like, you know, like it's going to change. Like, so it's like, we're, don't, don't, don't do the, the thinking late, like, oh, I'll be happy now or I'll be happy then rather. You know, when I do that, it's like, I think right now, make the actions to do you and like, and, and that changes, you know, what's going to give me happiness and not even in such an ultimate, like, oh, I need to be a doctor or I need to make it big and music or something, but like wake up in the morning and do what's going to make you feel good moment to moment. And that's going to change. So at least for me, I think that's the meaning, you know, because it's like my girlfriend that's always great. uses, my girlfriend always says, she's like, the, you know, we were put on this planet just to like 
eat vegetables and like fuck each other and be naked. You know, just walk around. <laughs> and, like, that's true though. Like it, anything more than that is like not like what we've self created. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's our basic biology. Me and yes, me and Lily talk about that all the time, all the time. Yes, at the end of the day, we are literally a mammal. We are one of the mammals. Yeah, right. So I think that's it. But meaning though can be so personal. So assign your own meaning, but like don't don't let that be catastrophic to yourself. And don't put so much pressure to yourself because at least what I've learned and only like my short life now is that like that shit can change, you know, because before I like I had this path of doing sports or path of, you know, staying around in school and then like music was like just changed for me now and like and there's so much more to my life now than music. Like I, I've been studying sustainability. I, I graduated in the spring awesome. from SDSU or with that. And like, that's a whole nother realm I'd like to dive into too. Like, I just want to, you know, do things that I'm passionate about. I think for me, that's my meaning. So that's amazing. Thank you, Zach. Wow. One last question that I always ask every guest. If you had one piece of wisdom that you had to leave for a listener, what is that piece of wisdom? Can you hear me? It was just breaking up for a second. Yep. Yep. You're here. I can okay. hear you. My one, my one less piece of advice would be, and I read this on a bumper sticker all the time because it's a car that's parked on the street and it's, uh, don't believe everything you think. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest piece of advice because if you're anything like me, I over to be analytical and that pays off sometimes because I can be you know my detriment because i'll miss out on certain things i'm so in my head sometimes which is really just bad it's something i've been really trying to work with especially lately you know so i think that's it right there just don't believe everything you think and that your first impression about things are usually wrong right the first thing instinct that you get is usually not i mean partially right maybe but there's always more than you see i like once you scrape back the first layer like so that, i think that's it that's beautiful Thank you, man. I want to give you a chance now. Plug yourself, any social medias, any outlets. Where can people find you? Yes, please. So check me out. Instagram first is at Zach Brosi Music. That's Z-A-C-H-B-R-O-S-I and music. Um, please check out my new single. We were talking about it today. Too Far Gone. It's yep. on Spotify. It's all over the place. Oh, did you did you play that single during the live set thing at the beginning? Yes, I did. And please Hell check yes. it out. We'll put that video here. So I did recorded it um did a nice live version of it so i'm really excited to share that um if you're around the san diego area if i'm not i have some gigs coming up so follow me on instagram for that i'm playing um at a bar near the beach on saturday um so that'll be fun saturday night i have a gig um but yeah just please check it out please reach out like i was saying if you're a musician and you want to make music it doesn't matter where you're at like we're in this age where we can send things so please just like hit me up i'd like message me on instagram and like let's make some music together i'd love that Hell yeah. And there you have it, folks. This has been another edition of A Humanistic Perspective. Thank you to Zach so much for being on, man. This has been such a great and totally awesome experience to one, intimately get to understand another part of your life and aspects that I didn't even understand, but also two, to like break down the walls and really understand the creativity and the philosophy and character that's driving your music and where you're going in life. So thank you for your time today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chad. It's been yeah. Really- All right. Thank you, folks. Thank you for listening. Peace.